What is up? Next episode will be better listeners. Welcome back. My name is Brian Beard, and I am joined by one of Ariana Grande's ex-boyfriends. Yes, it is me, the one and only Jesus. I'm back. My breakup was very public. She exposed the shit out of me in a diss song, and yeah, I'm here. Were you the patience, pain? Everything. I checked checked all the boxes. boxes. That's good to know. Ariana, it was... Oh, man. What a life I had. It was a low blow. <laughs> but no, in all in all reality, I mean, this was... So, welcome back to the Music Pod. Um, this was kind of a big week for... Uh, speaking of Ariana, kind of a big week for mainstream music. Um, we were just kind of talking about it off air. About a lot of the stuff that came up. And we'll just dive right into our first segment and talk about some of the albums that came out. And like I said, first things first, we can talk about, because that was actually kind of like a big public thing that came out with her single. That was um, huge. That's, yeah. I didn't realize how big that song was until she performed it on Ellen, I think. And mm-hmm. then I don't even follow her on any, like, any socials. And like I'd see it everywhere. And I was thinking, oh, shit. This She's is one of those deal. people, too. Um, she can do. She can drop literally anything, and everyone's going to listen. Yeah, and realistically, I have heard her songs, obviously, before yeah. in passing. and. Yeah. I mean, it's not really it's my pop style. Music. Yeah, it's, it's pop music. It's not like my thing that I go on my way to listen to. But like, I listened to the song today just because I knew we were going to talk about it because uh-huh. <laughs> I wrote that intro. And yeah. I thought I was super clever and funny. <laughs> but um, I wanted to just kind of talk about it a little bit because I was actually impressed. I listened to it um, today just in passing while I was going through listening to all the new album stuff just so we had talking points. And I actually thought it was pretty decent, to be honest with you. Like, just for pop music, the words were actually kind of you know, she made like kind of salient points about her life and stuff like that. So I was like, good for her. Like she actually like wrote stuff with substance. And it wasn't just like poppy garbage. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was, I, it's got a nice little beat. I think to be honest with you, she's one of those people too, where I feel like if she actually like did more of that, she's got like such a powerful voice. That I actually feel like she could probably <laughs> do a lot. Yeah. She you know, can, she can do whatever she chooses. A lot more artsy stuff that actually yeah. like had some, like, she has a freedom that certain artists don't have where, say, she just doesn't want to listen to her record label. She wants to, like, make the music she wants yeah. to make. She can do whatever yeah. she wants to the drop of the hat. Yeah, so that was the big one I just wanted to touch on first because I'd say that's probably, out of everything that came out, that's probably the thing that Even if it's was, a, it was just a single. Yeah, just you know a single. I mean? like, but it was probably the biggest news of the oh, week from that. a music standpoint where it was, like, pop culture news. So I thought it was important to touch on that first. But the other big... Uh, album releases, if we're kind of staying in the same theme of more mainstream music, um, Imagine Dragons dropped their deluxe album only a year and a half after Evolve came out, and that's called Origins. Um, I got a chance to listen to the whole thing. I don't know if you did, Colin, or not. I did not, no. So, And I don't know if that's really your style of music or anything like that either. Um, I like pretty much everything Dragons is, Imagine Dragons have put out at this point. Um, I think this was now their fourth album. Um, in like what, four years, five years? Um, I want to say, yeah, probably about five. Five sounds realistic. I think I remember, 12 is when they started to come up. Yeah. Um, really Cause big. I remember finding them when it was like their first EP. I showed yeah. it to Adam and then that just took off at that point. Cause he mm-hmm. was loving them. And then that was probably 2012, 2011, maybe like 2012 was the year that we done with school that year but yeah yeah that was that was a long time ago and i'll 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 actually give adam credit because they he definitely brought them to me like long before i actually started to like them and he told me i should listen to them and then never really did and then i heard 
And then you hear that one song yeah, where it takes a couple for you. songs yeah. off said album later on once it became more mainstream. And I was like, hey, these guys are good. And then I kind of got and I told you so. But like looking at it going forward too. So I'd, I'd rank their albums, you know, the Radioactive album. I don't know. That probably has a different name from Radioactive. I don't actually know if that's what it's called. But um, that was probably my favorite album up until the last album before Origins came out, Evolve. I thought Evolve top to bottom was their best album that they've ever put out. Personally, I thought every song was fantastic, um, super deep listens. I think they really change tones a lot, which I really like when a band does that. Um, it's not all just like, you know, like somber tones, not all just upbeat, like tempo-y songs. It was a good change of pace. I felt like they were actually, I don't know what story they were trying to tell because I didn't dive deep enough into like the actual art of what they were talking about. But like the songs themselves, they all played and like flowed really correctly. I think, you know, track track mixes and where you're putting songs in said album if you listen to it you know cover to cover i think is really important and i think they hit that on the head but um yeah this new origins album um i probably think it's their weakest thing that they've ever done um, like a rushed album yeah it, that and we talked about that last week for a little bit when i said you know i was a little worried that they've been on tour for pretty much like a year straight um, the fact that I saw that they were putting out a whole nother album that was supposed to be, you know, 18 like songs, it's a 15 long plus songs. Album. I was surprised and I was worried that, you know, it wasn't going to be quality from cover to cover because that's kind of what they've been known for. Yeah. To be honest with you, Dan Reynolds has such a strong voice that I feel like, you know, even if they're not hitting on all cylinders, just from an, you know, instrumental standpoint, I feel like they're capable of cranking out music that I, you know, with his voice that he can kind of capture a song and overpower enough on a song and kind of stun you know, the listeners enough to kind of, you know, weasel around that yeah. at some points. But this one, I, I think Smoke and Mirrors was their other album. And I feel like that song, it had, it was kind of one of the albums that I listened to it straight through, but it was a very like slow paced album. Um, it was still good. And you could tell they tried to just kind of go outside their comfort zone and do different things, but it was kind of their weakest to date. Origins goes even further down. It's the same exact style of tone. Um, but definitely it's more poppy and you can tell they're doing a lot of songs that it feels like a rushed album. It's yeah. probably the best way to even put it. Um, if I were giving it a grade out of, you know, from an A to F scale, I'd probably give it like a C minus. There are songs that are good off this album. I'm not saying don't listen to it if you like dragons, cause you will like it. Um, I have like, for example, my coworker Jody, he loves everything yeah. that they put out and rightfully so. I mean, they are a great band. They're family friendly too. Um, but I just personally, if you're actually grading them on, how they did this album. I think it is, if you listen to it all the way through, it is their weakest to date. So I was disappointed. Um, their singles, I think are graded as, so I think they're effective songs that I feel like if you're going to listen point. to the album, it's the reason why they're singles that they're going to so, get someone's attention to yep. drag you into listening to the album. That's so, the point of it. but my complaint definitely was the tone of it. I feel like a good grade of how I judge an album um, when I'm at work and I'm not listening. I'm listening to a new album straight through, and I don't yeah. listen to the track list. I don't look at the track list in between songs changing. And if I can't tell a definitive difference between one song to the next, and I feel like it's almost kind of like a long, like steady, like almost like thirty minute song that hasn't changed. It's not good. That's not a good no. Thing. Never is. And I kind of feel like that's what this was um, in certain aspects of it. So that was a little frustrating. Um, but like I said, and I think I even said this last week when we were talking about it. I knew there were going to be like, you know, maybe four or five songs that they will add to their catalog for future concerts. And I feel like that's every band. Once you start getting into your, you know, your big mainstream rock or alternative bands, once you get into your 
fourth or fifth album. And this was some stuff can be kind of washed. I yeah. feel at that point. I feel like, you, yeah. you have to, I think by like, say your fourth or whatever album, if you don't, if you for one hit the sophomore slump on your second album, then that third album has to be that good. Yeah. Which I, to I'm what sure. you've been saying was the case. But then I feel at least what you've said, it sounds like they kind of got complacent and they were kind of more or less like, let's keep putting out more music so that we're, just as if not more relevant, depending on how successful our like tracks or our singles will do mm-hmm. on the radio. And, you know, like say if whatever these singles are, if they blow up and they do great, then that's a success for them. Like every day they, oh, yeah, they'll headline every festival they have to, they can be making all the money they want. Well, it'll, like, it'll come down the line where they're thinking like, Oh shit, we probably shouldn't have made that album. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. And I, like I said, I think at this point now too, with bands, they have so many, especially with like a uh, band like Dragons, and you see it with like other bands that get such notoriety. I mean, Dragons are already big enough to. I mean, I, they had to have at least been in conversation for even like the Super Bowl this year. You know, they're yeah. getting to that level where I mean, like they're head, they're going to be headlining festivals. They're going to be doing like yeah. they're, they're a big, big time heavy hitting band. Definitely. That so they have so much, you know, in their catalog that I feel like they don't really need. To hit home runs with albums anymore you can you can rush stuff out yeah and, and i more money. my personal opinion with like things that are in that nature at that point is you have such a great fan base and that you're you're still getting listens when your albums come mm-hmm. out like a year or two later mm-hmm. wait like two to three years that was what that's I was always that's always been my thing is wait if you're like a legitimate artist and you're not like some guy who's trying to like bump your status or like your your swag or your clout, whatever you want to call it. If you're trying to bump that up, I get the whole one year, one and a half like year thing. Like mm-hmm. if they do like an EP, that makes sense. But I'd say if you're in no rush to, then screw it, dude. Like wait a couple years, weather the storm, find out what your sound is, mm-hmm. figure it out. Like there's no reason to rush things in my opinion, especially when I think alternative is a lot different than with rap because rap, you can, you can make a song and put it out within a week. Like, I mean, it's yeah, so, you see a lot of those guys. so simple. And that's the thing is that it's it, most people would say it's, you know, like in their case, quantity over quality, which I guess doesn't make sense in my opinion. But um, I think it's just there's no point in rushing. No, I I could not agree more from an aspect of being a fan of the band, too. And I think anybody who's a fan of any band, you'd prefer to wait, you know, an extra year if it means you're going to listen to the whole album cover to cover than maybe selective you know, selectively listening to like three or four songs that you like off the album, but the rest I had to is listen, garbage. I had to wait five years, which I guess this counts as a new release on Friday. Five years I had to wait for a new song from Earl Sweatshirt. Five years. Mm-hmm. I got it. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I, fuck you for making me wait so long. Yeah, but we'll transition. Either way, but wouldn't. like, man, that's, I was, I was, I mean, I wasn't blown away. I was just really glad to like hear his voice. And it's one of those things where, He's so good that I can always go back to his old albums and listen to it anytime. Yeah. Just as good. So what being a person that, I mean, I've heard Earl sweatshirt before in the past, but what, so what, what Earl sweatshirt for, for five years? I mean, his what, what was the whole thing? I guess it's just, it's kind of, if you know who Frank Ocean is, yep. um, it's kind of the same thing where they're just like, they understand they have that big of a following, like on the hip hop heads subreddit on Reddit, obviously like there's, the whole meme is like him and Frank Ocean are gone forever and off the grid because mm-hmm. they are. They don't post shit online. They're like totally yep. mellow dudes. Who, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he just does what he wants, man. And I was so happy. Like on Vince Staples' album FN, there's a, just literally this brand new Earl 
And I'm thinking, okay, whatever the fuck is this? And then you go in, you play a song. It's like a 30-second snippet. Okay. It's a 30-second snippet of just Earl rapping over something like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So then everyone out of nowhere, this was announced last week on, like, Tuesday that, like, this Nowhere to Go was going to be released. Mm-hmm. So no one knew if it was an album or a single. I'm thinking, holy shit, this is a surprise album then. Hell, yeah, I'm totally yeah. in for it. But, I mean, it's a single. It's not bad by any means. Well, it, what I assume is that if we get a single, he doesn't drop Lucy's. Yeah, exactly. So there's something coming. There's something coming. I don't care yeah. if it's two months from now, four months. I don't give a shit. I can yeah. wait all day long. Absolutely. It's not bad at all. Well, so, yeah, that was great. And then also another thing that came out that caught my eye was J.I.D.'s new song um, with J. Cole. And J.I.D., to those who don't know, is a signee to J. Cole's record. I don't know if it's a record label or if it's just kind of like a group. But um, yeah, Dreamville. And first debut album was so good, like outrageously good. He got double XL freshman, meaning he's up on, on you know on the rise kind of thing, and it's great. It's very odd hearing J. Cole one rap that fast, and two, it's just so smooth the whole way. There's no like pauses for whenever you have like you have to breathe or some shit like that when you're going for your next verse. It's just nonstop. It is a whole time going yeah nonstop. and the funny thing is his album is going to be coming out soon i think it's this friday is dicaprio 2 and it's just a picture of dicaprio is his <laughs> wallpaper or album artwork so no you you played it it's great man really that bass on this song is so punchy and so fucking loud it is <laughs> so good it just immediately gets you right on we don't and we don't do this very often but yeah like we were just kind of Putzing around, planning for the show, and you, uh, you recommended that song before we started. And I played a little bit of it, and I mean, it is it is worth a listen. I mean, if you even remotely like hip hop or anything like that, I mean, that that song, yeah, it clips pretty quick. Like, yeah, I I was impressed just with the small snippet I heard. I think I listened to about a minute and a half of it. I will go out of my way to look for more of that. More of Jin's got a Jin's got a couple of songs from his first album that are so scary good. Yeah, FYI for all of you that are looking for new stuff from, you know, a, a hip-hop artist or new hip-hop. I mean, that's definitely a good recommendation. Um, I definitely agree with that. So we'll kind of play ping-pong and jump back and forth. So we'll switch over and switch gears back into, like, the rock atmosphere. Um, the other big-time album release that I would still kind of – put them in the mainstream, I suppose. But um, Muse put out their big, like, 20-something Yeah, I was going to ask that's what you were going to talk about. And that, I just looked on Spotify when we were kind of chatting, and this album, like, I, all, it's an hour and 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's 21 songs. Yeah, 20, yeah, 21 songs. And, I mean, to be fair, there's, it's. I'd say it's more like a double album, because yeah. it's 1 to 11 is actual songs. Exactly. And exactly. then 12 through 21 is acoustic versions, or there's, like, there's something called, like, an alternate reality version, which just, yeah. it sounds so odd to me. It's different. I listened to most of it at work today. So yeah. I listened to about 15 songs. The the highlight, the, the album itself, I mean, through 11 songs, I gave this album a B. Um passing i liked it um i i think it's very they you can just tell by the name of the album they definitely go synth rock on this like it and it's kind of got a vibe of like i wonder if it kind of sounds like tame and paul i wonder a little bit um probably a little harder but um yeah it's definitely that 
that gear um, that they've shifted towards. They they did kind of the full full on from their last album. They mm-hmm. just kind of Kept switched the, gears yeah. into a new new genre. Just decided to flip the switch. Yeah, so it's definitely interesting if you like kind of like the almost kind of like spacey sci fi like that kind of sounds to your music having that little like you know switch on switch on what you're accustomed to listening to in rock music then i would probably say give this album a listen um especially if you just like music in general it's definitely a unique spin on some of the stuff that they normally do um listening straight through like colin said it's it is a double album so listening to it one through 11 is really like actually listening to this full album because mm-hmm. you get a lot of repeats in just like new versions or like an acoustic set of a certain version or um, for example, they actually play, which I liked. It was probably my favorite thing off the album. They do a song called Passion with the UCLA Marching Band. Yeah, it's, pre- it's called actually, Pressure, I think, right here. Or yeah. Pressure. Yeah, what did I say? Yeah. I meant Either Pressure. Way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is very, very well done. Um, I, and it was really cool to listen to because, like I said, a lot of times I'll listen to music without even looking at what's coming next or like what track I'm listening to. Yeah, I'll just like play it all and just let on. it go. I don't even care. But yeah, yeah that, was, that was fun to listen to. So I would actually probably rate that as my favorite song off the album. Um, but a lot of their singles are good, like Dig Down. I actually saw that. They, they've they had that song out for over a, a long year. Time. Yeah. Um, I saw that before they even had really talked about doing this. Formally album. announced it, yeah. Yeah, I saw it at the festival when I saw them about mm-hmm. a year and a half, two years ago. So, yeah, I would give this album a solid passing B. Um, definitely a solid addition to their um, collection of work already. And... I look forward to listening to it more because I think it's one of those things that there's so many different sounds on this album that I feel like I need to keep going into it. And I think it's something that. And stuff like that can hit you at like different points whenever you're listening to it. Exactly. Like you, it, you, you can listen mood. to it at night, you can listen yeah. to it in the morning. Like it could be something, the littlest thing that'll change everything. Yeah. Uh, no, I yeah. definitely, I definitely agree. It's, music's all about mood too with me. So I, I would say that. I'm definitely not always in the the synth rock mood. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a it's a unique sound. So I would encourage a lot of people to check it out. Um, and then I will actually transition into something that we were both wanting to talk to or talk about, and it's something that we've actually both listened to. So um, that's something that I really wanted to jump by. Is that that's Anderson Pack's new stuff? And, yes, uh, indeed. He dropped two new songs. Um, for those of you that don't know, Colin, if you want to tell them a little bit about Anderson Pack, because you know more about yeah, him. Yeah, so Anderson Pack, the best way of describing him to like no one that knows. So Dr. Dre came out with an album. Oh, Compton came out, and I want to say 2016, might have been 2015. I don't know, you have to quote me on it, but he came out of nowhere, and Dr. Dre just chucked him on a bunch of that album, and everyone's like, who the hell is this? high-pitched singing dude that is like equivalent to someone that's like a gospel singer like a church singer that's how like cheery he is i guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but oh my goodness it's like his energy is ridiculous and so 2014 i want to say he came out with his date or 2016 is when it came out was malibu that's a great album if anyone wants to go back and listen to it there's so much good stuff on here very long album it's definitely worth a listen but even moving forward, he's a part of a band called the Free Nationals where he plays a drum. So, like, his background is he plays drums. So, that's the whole thing with Dr. Dre is that he's like, this dude can play on the drums. Blah, blah, blah. That's my Dr. Dre impression, I guess. It's like <laughs> a jackass. On. But, uh, spot on. yeah. And then he collabed with 
Knowledge, who is a rap producer who makes like really lo-fi kind of like acid beats, I guess. It's like really druggy sounding stuff. Okay. But it's like, it's a perfect blend where it's a very good album. The album's called Yes Lord or Yes. Yes Lord. Yeah. That's how you do it. There you go. But um, no, his, so he comes out with, who are you? I think Tints came out a week ago or so. So if, if that's what you're referring to as the other song. Yep. Yep. Um, Tints with Kendrick Lamar is everything I wanted to hear out of him and more because what's your what's your favorite of the two? Ah, uh, Tints for sure. Tints, Tints is just so groovy, yeah. like just vibey. See, I guess I go the other way. Oh man, so I, I think that's just a love Tints. Tints. I think they're both good. Yeah, and I think Kendrick comes in, and I, it's kind of funny with Kendrick now, where I don't really I know what I'm going to get out of him, and mm-hmm. I don't really care if it's good or bad. Yeah, yeah. because I know it's like. More or less, it's I'm going to enjoy most of it. Mm-hmm. And Anderson Pack held his own, held his own more than Kendrick did personally. But I just I think the whole like I've been feeling kind of cooped up is like just like super like groovy, dancey. Mm-hmm. It fits, it checks every box. And I think who are you? I don't think I have a problem with it. I'm just kind of intrigued how it's going to sound on the album because that can be that's the thing for me is that if I don't like it off the bat when I hear it as a single. Mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I'm just, I'll, I was originally planning on not listening to it because I'm like, I'm trying my hardest not to listen to anything beforehand. Sure. Because I know I'm going to overplay the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if he has bubbling on his album or not. But um, I think that Who Are You is like a seven and a half out of ten. And I think it easily can go higher in the scheme of the album. Because he said on a complex open late show with Peter Rosenberg, um, he was saying he's going to incorporate interludes and, and stuff like that in between mm-hmm. the songs, kind of mm-hmm. like what Dr. Dre does on his old albums. So it's going to be a conceptual album, mm-hmm. and it should be good. Man, I was enjoying it. I don't know about you, but I thought I was very pleased. Yeah, I love the song. Who are you? I, I, like, yeah, it's. I've listened to that probably yeah. now since I first listened to it. Was it two, three days ago? Yeah, I probably listened to that song fifteen times now. Um, I think it's really, really creative and different mm-hmm. and i think it's just i don't know it's just, and it, it's funny that you like the other one better because i just think it's just it's just more my musical taste yeah and like, i think it's, it's probably because me tense is more like original anderson pack of what he's done mostly mm-hmm. and then who are you's kind of different i'd yeah. say yeah which makes comparison. sense why because i feel like i'm a you know i'm late to the anderson pack party so i think that makes sense that that's the song that i yeah and like i said i i like them both a lot i'd give them probably both like I rated collectively the two songs in A minus. Yeah, I'm I, telling you, man. If you if you want to listen to Anderson Pack, go back and listen to his like listen to Malibu for one, and then go through just I literally just say go through his popular songs, and you can yeah, handpick yeah. whatever ones you do and don't like. And oh, he's he's very good artist, mm-hmm. and he's young, mm-hmm. so much potential. Yeah, absolutely. Um, transitioning. Actually, do we have access? I, like on air production meeting before because we might stop this and give it to him, but you should take a look and see. And I can transition into something else while you're looking it up. But um, you should see if we have access to Anderson Peck's music on any of this, so we could throw it. Oh up. yeah, we probably could. Yeah, we could do that. I don't. It is. I've noticed with a lot of Spotify stuff on here that they actually a lot of the brand new music they actually block. I can um, believe it. Just, Maybe and plus it could have something to do with the. Um, 
if they're like a certain artist, like I think Anderson Pack, I can understand why he isn't. Yeah, it's the big ones with a lot more. Well, no, it's that it's that plus it's certain artists have contracts with Apple Music. Yeah, so they're still yeah. allowed to go through Spotify because they still want to get extra makes, extra yeah, money. Sense, but I think Anderson Pack is probably I would uh, I'll have to see obviously, but he has his own radio show on Beats One, so oh, okay. that might be different. But. Yeah. Well, why don't you check on that? See if we can throw on either Tinsor, who are you? Um, for them and then it, while you're doing that just checking i'll actually introduce um a couple other things that i think people should check out this week um the big thing uh, for me personally and uh for any other foster the people fans out there um they put down a new single this week uh called worst nights it is oh man it is so good and just the direction that this band is heading in um just over the last, like collectively over the last like two to two and a half years. Um, I mean, from the beginning, I, I loved a lot of their stuff and I was kind of late to their late to the party. Cause I was the kid that I, well, I will sound like a huge jackass here. I was first in line at the party. I had snacks. I enjoyed every single <laughs> goddamn thing about them because their first album. Yes. Oh, it had, great. it had easily the biggest song they'll ever make because that song is, yeah. Which is a all time classic. And yeah. I will, anyone can catch my hands. If they disagree. Yeah. But the out like I remember after they made the album, they had this huge like I think it was a Rolling Stone interview. And they're like, "That's not our sound. We don't want to sound like this." And it is true, actually. completely, because nothing's been like to, that. Yeah, if you listen yeah. to any of the rest of their catalog, like it's steadily it starts like here. Like imagine my hands raised high, not like a terms of their quality, but like it's electronic, and then it slowly goes down, and then it's going to turn back up to whatever they want it to be. Yeah, yeah. it's they're finding their sound, and they're progressively from each album have been ticking away what they want to get to. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And I think they hit their stride. And honestly, I got a lot of flack from this from my friends when I was talking about, because a lot of us like Foster the People a mm-hmm. lot. And I actually said that Sacred Hearts Club was my favorite album that they've ever put out. Yeah. And I got some. I'd know, probably give you flack, but yeah. that's okay. But it's your preference. So. It is. But yeah. I, I think just based on, I think Mark Foster finally they evolved into, I think what they wanted to be. And if that's the case, voice is so good. It's great. And I I think with the direction that quote that you just brought up, I think that's what they've been slowly evolving into is almost just like this, like kind of like Cali sounding like beach vibey band. It's just upbeat all time. It's upbeat, like tons of tons of like summery like kind of vibey instruments going on in it that like have that kind of because on that first album to it there is some depressing ass music on that first album and i'm i'm personally a fan of it because i'm sad boys nation i like sad music (laughs) it's great but no there i mean that first album it i I, it's probably fair to say most of it sounds the same it's kind of got that electronic sound that doesn't really go away at all. Which, I mean, they have always but, incorporated that. Yeah, next and too. I just, I'm so a fan of it. I constantly could say I can go back and listen to the album anytime. I, and the same can be said about any of the three. I mean, like, I like all three of their albums for my, you know, each for different reasons. Second album got a lot of flack. And I, I understand. I, I, still think I, think, I think Are You What You Want to Be and Best Friends are probably their two of their top ten songs. Yeah, I don't my disagree. opinion. I don't disagree. Yeah. I, like, those are probably the two of the three songs that I'd pull off that album myself. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it is the weakest album I feel like that they put out. That's but fair. I mean, weak in Foster the People's terms, for me personally, is like, you know, the difference between an A plus and an A minus. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, 
I just think they're one of those bands that is just slowly, even still hitting their stride. And it's exciting because when a band you really like. Once you know, there, if you get a band that keeps getting better with each, it's very exciting. And it's rare, I feel like, in the alternative genre, because it's just like what I was saying with Imagine Dragons, because I feel like you get pulled more and more into the mainstream, because yeah. I feel like alternative music is almost kind of morphing into mainstream Well, music it's kind of like with Foss the People, they were like, they were catapulted. Yeah, into the, I, it was the fan, like amazingly put it up there, and it, then and that song came out like two years before it like got big, which is insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so they got big. Their second album was a huge flop in terms of what they should have followed up with mm-hmm. and what everyone probably wanted, I guess. And then now they're back with uh, whatever the hell that song is that has been played a million times off SHC. Yeah, SHG. Uh, it's um, sit next. To yeah, me. sit next to me. Which it's, it's not funny. bad. I still like no, the song. I'm a, just saying it, it, it gets like played a, a lot. It's like a top three or four song off that album. But, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I've seen them now. I saw them twice in two weeks. Um, I saw them at a festival, Damn. and then I saw them back here. Yeah. Um, the set list didn't really deviate, which was, I was kind of bummed. But my favorite song off that whole album is SHC. Yeah, I, that was that it's was the best song. Honestly, that I, I think that was the first one that came out too when they were doing singles. Yeah, album. yeah, yeah. It might have been my favorite song that they've ever put out. It's at least in my top three. Yeah. Like, I, I would probably say, you know, just for songs that like mesh with my own personal musical taste, that song. Oh my god. It, I can't rave about it enough. Like I played it for my whole family so much, <laughs> and just <laughs> yeah. like all my friends, I was like, "You guys gotta hear this song." But it it was like so different from a lot of the stuff that they had ever put out that I was so excited that I'm like, "If this is the direction this band is going, dear God, I'm buying stock in this band because I want them to be like this." And yeah. so I was really excited that they were morphing into like the, that kind of like Cali Beach vibe band mm-hmm. that like because that's totally what that song is. Windows down kind of yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. God, I love it so much, but. Yeah, that new song that they just put out, Worst Nights, highly encouraged you. I feel like it's a solid um, transition from Sacred Hearts Club into whatever they're transitioning to next. Um, I think the beats kind of are um, symmetrical with you know the style of music that they're putting out beforehand, and I feel like it's kind of a really solid like segue into inevitably another album that's probably coming they haven't i don't know if they've announced anything within the next year or anything but don't rush it yeah exactly Damn it. we just went through that yeah. we just went through that whole conversation but um did you did you check and see is answer pack on yeah we're good we got them bloated we are yeah, all set to go all right so let's stop and transition um like we said we i'd really love all of our listeners to get on board with this um this song by Anderson Pack because I think it is actually a really solid song especially with him having an upcoming album coming out um I think if you're not familiar with his music um it's it would be a good intro to what he's like and for you guys to be able to check it out so we'll pause I'll start here. off on tints and then I'll do who are you after yeah absolutely we'll do that so we'll give you guys samples of both and I'd like to stress too um you guys can listen to us on any of these um. Platforms. You know, platforms, thank you, <laughs> platforms going forward here. But if you do listen to us on the Anchor app, the nice thing about it is if you download the Anchor app, it actually breaks down our segments individually. So if you guys are listening and you don't like, you know, the said song that we're suggesting or something like that, or just want to switch to a different segment, or if you stop and listen and want to, you know, fast forward or something like that, the nice part about the Anchor app, when I was going through personally, you can actually swipe past segments, swipe past songs, So you don't have to sit and listen to the entire, you know, because some songs are the full, you know, three, four minutes. Um, Some of them just based on Spotify's, you know, 
copyright stuff is only like 30 seconds, but that is a nice feature that it's Anchor's something put in better there. than nothing. Um, and also again, too, if you like any of the songs on the anchor app too, it links straight to Spotify and brings you there. Um, so if you're not listening on Spotify, that's a nice feature as well. So I'd strongly encourage people to at least check out the anchor app because it does actually have some nice features. Um, but we will stop transition, let you guys listen to those two songs and then we'll be right back. to talk And about also one super quick, fast, last side note which is a horrible choice of words there um yeah if it, whatever you're listening to make sure you subscribe because if you subscribe you get alerts you have to look you have to you don't have to go on facebook twitter smash that subscribe yeah button. smash that smash like it. button smash it all right guys welcome back and now that you are we are going to transition into a new segment that we have just thought up for the show and that is called is it a banger and essentially what we'll be doing is we each, every time we have a new music pod, we'll each come to the table with two songs. The other person hopefully has never heard before. Um, we will have the songs to listen for the entire audience. So you guys can play along with us, but essentially we will be just kind of giving our general, you know, first hand reaction, first hand account of what we think of the songs. And then we have to answer the ultimate question. Is it a banger? So Aziz will take us away. Every song I download has to pass a series of rigorous tests to answer one simple question. Is it a banger? How many beats per minute? How many drops? How dope are the drops? Were any acoustic instruments used? If so, then it's not a banger. All right, so that was our two first mystery songs. And those both belonged to Mr. Colin Kruger. Yes, yes. So, Colin, if you want to give us a little intro and information yes. about the two songs. So, so, tell us about song number one first. Okay, so song number one is Only You by Theophilus London, and it features Tame Impala. So, okay. I was going to say, might, it's funny that you say that. It I might had some uh, make sense as to why it sounds that way, because that's just Kevin Parker, that's just who he is. So, yeah, I think it's... It's odd with him because Theophilus London was like this highly coveted kind of treasure that Kanye West is going to like make great. And then obviously didn't happen because he's relevant, obviously. And now it's, you know, you're getting high praise. Kevin or Tame Impala doesn't really go around and just throw features. Like apparently you have to have it to do it. And if I, excuse me, if I remember hearing correctly, they are looking into doing a dual EP, so like four or five tracks maybe. So hmm. that was the first one. And then the second one, which is like a blend of two-door cinema club, Mac DeMarco, Hippo Campus, dare I say, and it is the one and only Boy Pablo. And Boy Pablo is, if I'm not wrong, he is like a young ass kid from California that is carefree. Just everything he's had his artwork on, it looks like he's like a homeless dude that loves music and <laughs> it's great. And as you can tell, it's very vibey and like upbeat. And I, no joke, found this like two hours ago <laughs> and, right. and loving it. Fitting. So there yeah. you go. Um, I'll give you my take on both. Yeah. So. First one, I'll say I don't give a passing grade to. Yeah, that's fair. Wasn't my wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Number two, I think you hit a home run with. Yeah, that's um, probably pretty fair. I really like it. I actually think it's that kind of hard. Sucks you in. Yeah, it does. It reminds me the bands you 
laid out. I could not agree more with what they sound like. Um, I think kind of the, how do I want to say this? I don't want to say that his sound sounds like this, but I would say his talent level is comparative to what Vance Joy is right now, where I could see him. If this dude keeps throwing out, he could have a hit. He hasn't hasn't made it. This is considered an album, but outside of that, he's just had like EPs. Yeah, because you don't see nowadays too very often um, outside of like the really big time mainstreamers, like, you know, the Ed Sheerans of the world, like the guys, the guys that like make hardcore pop music. Like music like this, where it's like clearly in the alternative. This is genre. like super indie. Yeah, like super that's indie, that's my indie, forte. Yeah. I the furthest I get for alternative now is like super indie hipster. Like it's mm-hmm. very niche. Yeah. If you like, it, you do. If you don't, you fucking hate it. Yep. Like it's just how it is. No, I think this guy has the chops to put out something really kind of like in that in that wheelhouse. Um, I like him a lot. I'll definitely keep keep eyes on him going forward. Um, because this he's got some other songs in my past that are pretty good. So, but yeah, I would give you one banger, <laughs> one non banger. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'll take it. But yeah, so you're hit. You're you're batting five hundred so far. So not too oh, shabby. Fuck yeah! <laughs> should we start taking taking stats on this? We should. Oh hell yeah! On air production meeting. So all right, right on. So one for one. Tail of the table show. Who's got a bigger arsenal? Or Absolutely. That or we'll like just it. an idiot. All right, so I'll mark it. I'll mark it going forward. But that transitions into now my two hidden songs, and we will leave you guys to go listen to those now. All right, so that was our next two songs, and those were both my choices. So song number one was called Electrified, and that was by a man by the name of Just Loud. And song number two was called Anchor Down, and that was by a familiar name that you might uh, remember from back in the day named Out of Sight. Um, And so a little information about both. Uh, Just Loud, I've just recently found probably within the first or the last two weeks, um, Relatively new, literally just released um, first album, and it was, you could even call it more of an EP. It was only four songs. Yeah, it's um, an EP. And that was Run there. Uh, the most popular song by far off of that, which I think will be the hit. Um, and then song number two, Anchor Down, is actually kind of an older jam. That was from 2014. It was a single, um, and that was from Out of Sight, who you might remember from the song Tonight is the Night. <laughs> That was the really oh big popular hit that he, wow, yeah. Wow, now, okay, yeah. that sounds familiar now. If you remember that, right? Yeah. So, and he really, I mean, he's had hits since then, but he's been kind of under the radar and he's not been as in mainstream. So, I will leave it to you because we are looking for your reaction. Colin Kruger, our yes. leader of those banger. Right off the bat, I'll just say that we are tied. One to one. Exactly. So, <laughs> the banger, which, you know, in my opinion, was kind of easy to choose. I'd say Electrified, I liked a lot. And the reason why is it sounds like original MGMT. Like, exactly original MGMT. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I still like their new stuff now, but I think everyone kind of likes their older stuff the most. But MGMT is an interesting take on that. Okay. Because I, I, I think of, a different vibe. Think of Time to Pretend, it. where it starts, where it's like that little... Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's, that's, yeah, that's, sure. that's the first thing I thought of. But. Yeah, so I enjoyed it, and this the, my problem with Anchor Down is okay. One, the chorus is repetitive, and I was not <laughs> like that shit was driving me nuts. Yeah. 
Two, I love the beat, but it would sound See? so much better yes. if someone else is on it. I agree. That's not what, even close. Like it's, I would, I would take fucking Jay over that for sure. I'd throw it on there. Easy. That is that. It's funny too because I actually think because um, I pulled that song out of like my old catalog because I wanted to, to be honest with you, I wanted to get a nice Mix it mixture up. of yeah. like. You know, I have like a hip hoppy song in there, kind of because like I feel like I throw a lot of alternative stuff at the wall a lot of times since we've been doing. That's the reason why I flipped mine. I could have easily done anything. So yeah, we try to be today, well, but we try to be well around. rounded on the music pod. We're never but. gonna play country. That's that's a disclaimer that will never fucking happen. And anyone that recommends it, yeah, I'll, I'll consider it, and then I'll tell you on air it's never gonna happen. Special shout out if we ever have guests on this music pod, you're allowed to bring it in here, but. You're probably not going to get any bangers if you're throwing it in the is it a banger? Yeah, no, I'm going to shit on you. I'm not <laughs> literally, but it's I'm going to say it's shit. So, uh, so yeah, special call out to some of our close proximity <laughs> friends if yeah. you feel like doing that. But yeah, so yeah. one for two, we both were sitting pretty even, and uh, I agree with that. It's funny yeah. that you say that though because that is that beat is so freaking it's sick smooth. And anchored yeah, in man, it's good that I wish any like if someone were to because it's such a like low key like out of sight out of mind, pardon the pun, yeah. um, person that made that song, but then he comes out with, like, this sick beat that, like, I just don't, I don't want to hear his nasally anchor down. Like, <laughs> I will say, too, like it's a fucking seven-year-old on a boat at, telling his dad what he should do next, and he says, yeah, anchor down, and they anchor down. <laughs> I feel like if that song, too, it would help him and benefit him if it was an extra maybe chopped off a minute of that song easily easily because i think it's about a four minute and 30 seconds yeah it goes on for a hot minute so i I still like it because i actually yeah of course and i actually don't mind out of sight music but there we go we'll take it one for two so we are tied going into next week so stay tuned for more is it a banger uh segments in the near future here and indeed yeah so we'll transition now into Another segment, and we're actually going to start getting into something that's very near and dear to my heart, and we'll talk about some festivals, and I think this is something over the next couple months that we'll get more and more information as we go, but we're just going to give you guys some uh, preliminary dates if anybody has interest in looking into festivals, if you've never been. Um, we've both personally been to one, Cullen's been to Lollapalooza. I've been to a festival by the name of Firefly over the last uh, two years. And honestly, they are, for music aficionados and people that really love live music, they are a bucket list must in your life. You have to do it. Um, it is worth every penny. Seeing at least 45 minutes sets of all of all day, favorite bands, all, all days, all weeks. Um, being there, being able to have a beer and, you know, watching your favorite band in the wonderful outdoors is literally what music caps it off it's the best way of doing it what music was meant to it's how it's meant to be listened and it's literally one of my favorite things in life so we're gonna look at what we have to look forward to in this festival season and usually festival season for those of you that don't know um I mean, to be honest with you, it never really ends. There's always small. Yeah, I'd say it, it more or less will go out to like Europe, where it's more, where it's probably more warm, or somewhere else yeah. where you can be outside. Because you're never, I mean, that or California, but that's realistically like we'll get to. It's probably like April around that time mm-hmm. is when you'll have it's the Pretty festival typically. season kind of kicks off. Pretty typically, but um, I think 
for now, we're really going to just talk more about like kind of mainstream ones where, I mean, if ones that you've heard of, ones you've heard of before, um, ones. So we'll get you definitive dates on those. And we're strictly going to just talk about the big U S ones. Um, later dates, we'll talk about some of the European ones, depending on what the wireless, like if you would ever even take the time, most of our listeners, I'm assuming being from the United States, probably just within this time. Um, we'll touch on all that for you. So, First things first, um, the festival season kind of gets kicked off, rightfully so, by a big, almost like music and arts festival, and that is South by Southwest down in Austin, Texas. Um, probably one of the biggest arts festivals, I mean, in the U.S. In the United whole, States, it's easy yeah. to say. Um, and South by Southwest has a little bit of everything. It's um, not only a Its specialty festival, is it's, having everything. That's, yeah. That's, I think, kind of the draw that draws a lot of people in. It's actually an eight-day fe- festival. Usually, is Goes I don't know. Week. Does it usually take place in March, or is it like various? No, it, it it's it goes through two weeks basically. It's kind of like the idea of how Coachella has like their week one and week two thing, where like sure, artists sure. come back. But with South by Southwest, it's not. No one comes back. It's they're there that one day, and then they're gone, whatever. So it's just a, it's a full two weeks or whatever of or a week of just nonstop. Yeah, which is uh, I would a assume, very appealing. Austin, Texas is a really cool city, too. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a very appealing thing. But the big thing about South by Southwest, it's not only music. Um, it's also, I mean, it's film. It's comedy. It's tech. It's actual, you know, hand-painted art. You know, it's artists coming from all around the world. They have, I know they have big food, you know, competitions and stuff like that down there. So they have, liter- you know, literally everything you could think of in aspects of Colin described it earlier off air as being the state fair, but with a music festival in addition to it. And that's a really good way of putting it. Um, so South by Southwest, almost kind of like it, it kicks off the music festival scene in the United yeah, States. And the best, I think what I've always known South by Southwest to be is it kind of, at least in terms from hip hop, it kind of, or even music or alternative or indie or anything in general is, it's the lower tier artists who haven't gotten their breakout yet. Mm-hmm. And it's just big, I don't know how you say publications maybe, but they're all down there. They're all kind of, if you want to get big and you are recognized enough to get invited down there, this is the place you would perform at. Yeah. It's all small yeah. venues. It's not big stages. And it's kind of your starting point when you're starting to really get serious and like start yeah. touring. Absolutely. And I, a lot of the times too, if you're like sifting through, any of your uh, big time music apps, I know Spotify in particular does like Spotify sessions. And a lot of the times they'll actually have a booth down there and they um, pretty much like live performances. March, they'll do Spotify yeah. sessions at their booth. So they'll have a lot of live performances that happen down there. And I know a lot of, a lot of other big apps and uh, publications follow suit and uh, do the same type of thing. So that's a, I know, for example, my favorite band, 21 Pilots, uh, before they really hit it big, had their whole first album pretty much on a live set for Spotify. So it's really cool things for bands that you really appreciate, or if it's a small little niche band that you might be on to before other people are. Um, Always check out around March if they put out a Spotify session thing like that, or, you know, something else on a different publication, because there's a lot of good music going on down there that a lot of people will know about in the coming years. So it's a, it'd be a really cool place to, Go check out and say, like, hey, I saw so-and-so before they got big. And I think that's... Yeah, that's... I think South by Southwest is one of two places that are definitely number, like, the highest priority for me Mm -hmm. in terms of wanting to go to one for sure. Yeah, the draw of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then transitioning, um, that brings us to 
uh, Ultra in Miami. Um, I actually I looked at the set list for this last year. They actually had a really uh, really unique set list. And for those of you that don't know, Ultra is actually predominantly um, it's basically all it's EDM. EDM for the most part. Yeah. Um, but the big draw that they had last year, they actually had Empire of the Sun on the list, which so it's a, I guess as a whole, you just said electronic. It counts, but like it's, it's still, electronic. Yeah, at the it's end electronic, of the day. but it is a little different. But um, yeah, so that was kind of a big draw. That's what kind of drew me yeah. to that festival last year as like a potential option, um, and especially being in Miami too. That's just rave kids central. But that you is go to all just, Miami. <laughs> so it's just if you're interested in the EDM scene, um, that's about as big as it gets. I'd say that and Electric Forest are probably your two biggest ones. Yeah. Um, and I, or EDC Las Vegas. EDC Las two. Vegas. Is, those are probably yeah. your big three. Um, and I've heard that Ultra, actually from a person that has, from knowing a person that's actually gone, I have a coworker. I'm pretty sure that he said he's been there. But he said that is the scene. It's pretty much kids that are just. <laughs> We're young, free, young, and love doing acid. Love doing acid and have gotten. And we have candy. We have can, time, so. candy necklaces because yeah. it's super lit. <laughs> So if that's a draw to you, Ultra Miami might be a fun, fun destination trip down in Bayfront Park, Miami for March 23rd to 25th. So uh, book that on your calendars. Um, and then that brings us for about a two-week hiatus into the next one, which is, of course, Coachella. Fucking Chella, dude. Chella, bro. So that actually takes place out in California, for those of you that don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like that's probably the biggest music festival in the United States easily, when it comes easily. to just like popularity, um, just being kind of a mainstream thing. I mean, you see so many big time celebrities even going there. Um, oh, it's, it's definitely it's the, the who's That's who. the event. It's, it's the, the who's if who. you're if you're anyone, you're there. Basically, that's the whole like rap behind that place. Yeah, but it's definitely um, it's transformed into something really, really gigantic. Um, I mean, it started out like any other one where I, I think it was just, you know, it, it had some clout early on. But I think it's really morphed into just this absolutely gigantic um, entity that now being two separate weekends, um, there's not too many of them that I know, like only a couple off the top of my head. I know Electric Forest does that as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that. I don't know if you're alluding to this or not, but I think the positive of this festival, even though it's kind of, in my opinion, maybe diminished. I don't know, but price, the positive I mean, price is the price is the negative with this. Well, one. yeah, I mean, but then expensive. again, in our scenario, we're halfway across the country, so yeah. that makes one difference. That's one variable. But two, I think the positive out of this is that it's made these other festivals become so much more accessible mm-hmm. because they know that. I'm sure I know there's other. I have to like fact chess is check not chess. The uh, who owns and who's like the ones who made Coachella because I know they've mm-hmm. done another one recently where it's on the east coast and it's just as successful. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the idea that and they, they know the one that I always yeah. do in Firefly, the same conglomerate exactly. spot Red Frog that owns it. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it just it's allowed places like Lollapalooza to be big, mm-hmm. Bonnaroo, stuff like yeah. that, where it's gonna they know that. I mean, not everyone wants to fly or drive to California. And I'd say that is definitely the negative for Coachella, but they really don't care. I, I feel There's like so many people it, there. It's, it's a West Coast. Yeah. yeah, it's a West Coast festival. Um, if you have a dream to go there and want to spend the price and fly across, I mean, it, it's just going to cost you an arm and a leg. I mean, um, but that's that's the, the whole idea of a bucket flights list. Flights to Cali are already expensive yeah, enough. And then on time. top of it, the downfall with Coachella when we actually looked into it last year, um, they don't have camping on site. No, uh, which is you have to like get an Airbnb different from a lot of festivals. Something. And then that means you know you're looking into California B and B prices or hotel Man, prices around that, which are even more expensive. So take that on top of lodging, 
on top of food and a flight if you're coming out of you know across the country i mean that's just that's a pricey trip i don't care who you are so that's, yeah that's a lot but coachella is always a mainstream festival that's going to have the cream of the crop when it comes to you know mainstream artists so it is appealing to and also people. side thing with that is that the minute the coachella headliners are named i bet good money that you will have a great idea as to who's going to be headlining those big festivals around the country because it's the exact same people that headline those festivals. No, absolutely. I Depending I on the festival. If it's like an all-genre thing, then yes, that they'll all be in there. If it's more like alternative, then you're not going to see the Travis Scotts or the J. Coles or Daft Punk. They're not going to be headlining those other alternative ones. It's yeah. going to be different, obviously, but... Absolutely. And that usually, as I don't know if Colin mentioned this earlier, but he's probably said it off air, but this is always an April festival. Um, I don't know if the dates ever actually deviate, but I know it's always within April. Um, this year will be April 13th to April 22nd. Like we said, it's two separate weekends, so we'll be split up uh, between the weeks. But uh, that's kind of the big one in April it actually really does kind of stand alone. There's really not anything else until May. Um, and yeah. that's, that's going to drop down and that would be EDC Las Vegas, which we kind of touched on. Um, that one actually takes, takes place in Las Vegas, which is pretty legit. Um, I've actually had a cousin that's gone to that one before. Uh, they kind of have the carnival theme to that one. I think that's kind of their big shtick where um, they have kind of that, that theme going on with the EDC stuff. So I feel like this one is kind of like a, a rave bit to it, but it's almost I from what I've heard, um, this one's kind of a more like all audiences. Well, yeah, it's at the it's at the racetrack. It's like you just go inside of it, and it's like a big carnival inside of this massive NASCAR track. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I don't know. I mean, I had my phase. I'll still listen to EDM music, but it's never gonna. I'm never gonna want to go to a completely full week of EDM. I just couldn't handle it. I think before. I still could. Um, just because I'm kind of new to the genre, I kind of got used to doing it from some of the mainstream festivals I've gone to. Um, and they were kind of cool, but, um, yeah, I, it would tire me out. I can tell you that. Cause every time I, I walk out of an EDM set from one of you're the festivals, I'm at, you're dead, yeah, but they're a blast, but you are just dead after them. So that is May 17th to May 20th, um, in Las Vegas motor speedway. So if that's, if you're an EDM, EDM fan that uh, could be appealing to you. And then you transition and stay on the West Coast. I feel like West Coast kind of, they're all competing against each other. So they're all kind of Around that within same the same time. I feel like a lot of them do that. The East Coast does it too with a lot of stuff because most of the East Coast stuff is mm-hmm. usually in about June. Um, but that brings us to Sasquatch, which I feel like is like the only other competing one with Coachella that's a big mainstream festival. In the and, West um, Coast, that is, yeah. And that one takes place in Washington, um, actual state of Washington in the United States. Great and, place. Yeah, they. I mean, their past lineup was interesting. I mean, it's definitely all across the board. Some of their headliners in 2018, it was May 25th to 27th last year. They had like Boney Bear, they had Tyler the Creator, um, the National, Modest Mouse, all groups. David Byrne. So I mean, Anderson Pack was there. Um, so I mean, there's definitely it was it was draws, but um, I feel like they're starting to get a little more clout. They've been around for a while now. Yeah, they're um, definitely on the rise more than anything. I'd say. Because they kind of, it's, it's, I'd assume that the best way of describing them is they're not going to have the like first team all NBA artists. They're going to have like, if you look at like a festival lineup, 
Yeah. You have your headliners at the top, and then you go to the second row, or maybe the second and a half or third row. That's who's going to be headlining those festivals, mm-hmm. which is, in my opinion, better than some, maybe. But man, yeah, I, say, I, I saw Tyler Perry live twice. Man, just such a just a privilege seeing him live. I'd say a lot of this stuff too. Like if you just take the names from a lot of these, like Modest Mouse, for example, they're third on this list. I'd say in a lot of mainstream festivals, you'd be seeing them probably like second or third line down. Yeah, they'd usually. be they'd be so at like La Plus, they'd be a seven o'clock show. Spoon, they wouldn't be they wouldn't example, be closing. Yeah, t- like you said, Tyler the Creator yeah. is usually like listed typically as like a sub headliner at yeah. best. So. Yeah, Sasquatch is growing. Um, it says on the actual site itself that they're anchored really on Indian Alt Rock, which I mean is right up my alley. But um, so, state of Washington would be fun to see, and it actually takes place at the, uh, I think it's pronounced the George Amphitheater. So um, it'd be a cool draw. And uh, I'm just kind of reading up on what it says too. Uh, more so, they say they kind of bring in hip hop and funk elements too. So it kind of mixes it's everything. A, yeah, it's a, it, it's more mainstream festival than I feel like they're they're initially trying to advertise because yeah. they said it's kind of evolved since 2002. So um, that really wraps up the West Coast for shows, and then you transition into pretty much a boom, boom, boom when it comes to just the heavy hitters stuff in uh, out on the East Coast. Governor's Ball. Usually the first week of June. Oh, man. Um, that's woof, though. That's... We looked at – we actually really debated going to this last year. Um, it always takes place at Randall's Island in New York. Oh, man. Um, some of the lineups that they have put Crazy. On, they have – They always have they really that or but That or Jay-Z's Budweiser's Made in America, which I don't think is listed on here. It's the same – basically, it's the same thing. It's crazy talented artists that are huge, and it's – like your typical list, there'd be like a drop off at like the third line. Yeah, it goes down like the fifth or sixth, and it's just it gets to the point where when you're at a festival, you're pissed off because you're gonna have to you have to sacrifice not seeing people. Yep, yep. That it's is annoying. that is the big. I think there is almost too good of a lineup at the festival because we really dealt with that last year when we were at Firefly, where we were, you know, jumping from festival to or uh, from show to show pretty much. But mm-hmm. here was a. I'll just read a couple of past lineups for Governor's Ball, and this was. Really, what we were hoping um, last year, we we debated for a while, but it was just too similar to some of the other lineups. But uh, last year's lineup, it was uh, Eminem, Jack White, Travis Scott, and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs were your four headliners, which is I, that's a pretty solid docket. And then your sub headliners were like Halsey, um, Khaled, Sean Mendez, Churches, Post Malone. Um, I that's I mean that's some pretty heavy hitters, if if you ask me. And then you. Transition down into what they had in 2017. Um, the thing I like about Governor's Ball, too, is they really will take any type of music, too, which is really nice. Um, they had Tool, Chance the Rapper, Childish Gambino, Lord, Wiz, Logic, Cage the Elephant, Marshmallow. I mean, like, that's just so well-rounded. Um, 2016, they had Kanye, The Strokes, The Killers, Beck, Death Cab for Cutie. So, I mean, like, it is a really big time festival with a lot of clout. And I feel like looking at their distribution of how they uh, spread all this stuff out to from day to day, they do a really good job of balancing, you know, having enough all rap rock, like balanced out. Yeah. It's, it's day, enough to worry. Kind of an it's an art from day to day to make sure you don't have a lot of conflict and people can go see what they really want to see. Mm-hmm. That's what a really good festival in my opinion does. So governor's ball is definitely worth your time. Um, they're one of, the ones I know for sure this year, I will be checking out the lineup of to see if it's worth my time to go this year. Definitely. Um, and most of these, I should say, FYI, most of these June festivals, their lineups usually 
most of them are all pretty good at dropping their lineups in December and January. Yeah, they give you an idea. Them. Yeah. Except for Lollapalooza. We'll talk about that later, but. Oh They're already God. slowly starting fuck to Fuck I yeah. love Lollapalooza, but fuck it at the same time. Yeah. I mean, already the rumor is, I mean, Timberlake, Kanye, and yep. Childish Gambino are the three already rumored. Kanye, I, I already saw something. I don't know if it was true, but they already said Kanye is already guaranteed to be there. So um, Who they're already slowly starting to drop some hints at uh, lineups for this upcoming year. So that's something to, excuse me, to keep an eye on. And then that brings us down to uh, one of the three big out east festivals competing with Governor's Ball, and that would be Bonnaroo, which is probably the most tenured out of all the out east festivals. I think it's been around for over twenty years now. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big camping festival out in Manchester, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, they're also very good with having a really balanced lineup. I really thought that that was going to be the lineup we were, or the one we were going to go to this year until we saw the lineup. The lineup was really disappointing, in my opinion, this last year. I remember seeing it. For me personally. Um, I And they actually changed the dates this year, too, and we can talk about that, to uh, stealing the normal Firefly dates. Mm-hmm. So Firefly had to kind of scramble and – actually transitioned from being a four-day festival to a three-day festival um, to follow suit with some of these. So um, Bonnaroo will actually be from the 13th to the 16th this year instead of the 7th to the 10th. Um, and that will actually follow over Father's Day weekend. And they're all another mainstream one, very wide range of uh, bands and stuff that they have. I feel like predominantly they're almost more known for like a lot of hip hop acts. Yeah, that's, that's kind of their that's kind of bit. I wouldn't rank it as a higher one for hip hop acts, but it's definitely in conversation. It's still going to have the same artists you get at Coachella or Lollapalooza or Govball, obviously too. So it kind of just varies depending on what you know who they want to pay to be the headliner. No, definitely agree. And then here's actually the lineup for last year with Bonnaroo. Um, and I feel like Eminem was literally on every festival lineup, so uh, we'll just yeah that. This might not be a secret to anyone that is listening that knows me. That variable made me not want to go to any festival because I fucking despise him and I never liked him except for his first album. Fair enough. So, you know. Whatever. That's how we differ because I'm yeah, a big Because I think his – the side note, quick quick hot take here. Um, his first take. album that came out this year was the worst thing I heard in 15 years. <laughs> and then his second album that came out that had the whole diss track shit with MGK or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, three out of ten. All right, we're done. That's it. Continue on with the festivals. All right. So add him to pretty much every festival list that's been on here. I did me personally growing up with him. I love Eminem, so that's where we really differ. Um, so add him to any of the festivals that I was looking to see. Um, and he was on, like I said, he was on. I think everyone probably. Yeah. Did he was Coachella? Did he, yep, he did Coachella, Coachella too? Uh-huh. So yeah, he really was on just about everything except for I think Hangout was the only one that I didn't see him on. Um, but yeah, at him, the Killers, Muse, Future. Um, but then once you get past that, you're looking at Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> Sounds like a country. Paramore, story. Cheryl Crow. Jesus, it, it was a strange. It was a strange. Gotta lineup. soak up that sun. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Cheryl Crow. <laughs> Revolution. I mean, like they had other good stuff. They had like Alt J on there, Bass Nectar, uh, Paramore, Anderson Pack. So there was some good stuff, but like some of the draw. I mean, Cheryl Crow was on the third freaking line. Like that That's is shitting. strange. That's so I mean, like, yeah, it's strange. So um, that was a downfall for me. But I mean, in years past, though, they've also had really good lineups. Yeah. So I mean, I can't really fault Bonnaroo, but yeah, we were a little disappointed because we actually really thought. So we held out for Firefly. 
and really wanted that to be, um, I mean, it was just a home run with how good Firefly was. So that actually is the next upcoming festival because it competes and they actually just announced that their dates will be, uh, the 20th to the 23rd, I believe. So the end of the month now. Or 20, yeah, 21st to the 23rd, I believe. Yeah, it's three days. So, yeah, that'll be three days. Uh, their 2018 lineup ended up winning us over. Like I said, it had Eminem. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was there on top of that. Logic was there. Um, it was a really heavy hip-hop scene this year. Um, but then on top of that, they also had the Killers and Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys played their first show in the United States there, I think, in like four or five years. So that was a really big draw, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, Firefly, I've been to the last two years. It's probably, to be honest with you, just based on it being a fan curated festival where they select just based on fan surveys, they pretty much pick every aspect of it, including the lineup. I think that's why it's been such a strong one over the last couple of years. Um, I would be surprised if anything can compete with their lineup again, at, at yeah, least originally, yeah. because it is such an alt and hip hop festival. And I feel like those are kind yeah. of my two mains mainstream kind of interests. So I'll be curious, but we did have one that was a strong front runner and that was actually hangout music festival. Mm-hmm. And that was down in uh, Alabama, Gulf Shores, Alabama. And that had Kendrick Lamar as their kind of big front runner, but it also had the killers too. Yeah. So it almost kind of meshed some of the it's characters. Kind of the same thing. It just depends on yeah. The big sense. thing though, I want to see. I want to see Kendrick live this year. I want to see Eminem, and I also want to see the killers. And Firefly was managed to you know put all three in the lineup, so that's a big deal. So those are kind of your big heavy hitter mainstream festivals to look forward to this year. We'll keep you posted going forward um with any news announcements obviously we will break down lineups once those come out in the later months i would assume we're probably about a month or two away from that really happening yeah um, for most of those yeah but that will be an exciting time for us to really dissect all those and talk about what's worth your time what's worth your money and then we'll actually dissect to like even planning camping options and like if you yeah want to shit like that that's because what offers what and i mean that what's is the big best deal for you and stuff like that yeah yeah so that'll be a big thing that we'll um do for you in the in the later months here once that starts becoming a little more widespread and all these lineups start coming out so we'll transition from that and actually um just finish up with what people should be listening to what are what are some bands you know from week to week you know we have a gigantic list of playlists and stuff that we personally have um so we don't want to you know oversaturate stuff each death. episode so we always try to keep it to a small minuscule you know three four at the end mm-hmm. of each episode so um i'll just start by giving you a couple actual we'll just stick with small little songs this go around we won't go with a full artist that you need to check out but i mean if you like the songs obviously go do check out the artist but these are three songs that have really um i've been listening to a lot um a couple lately and then a couple you know from my past that are just on playlists that i think are little nuggets that are worth your time um but the first one actually is a song by Mount Joy, and it is called Silver Lining, which is a really good nice song. song. It's a very good song. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's worth your time. Um, another song is by a band named Shogren, and that song is called 17. And we're going to post these all in succession here after I'm done um, going down the line, and then we'll transition into columns too so you guys can have them. Make sure you have them on hand here and. Um, I think we actually will probably starting next episode, we'll take the time to actually start making playlists after the fact. Yeah, I mean, that'll be easy. Have, that'll yeah. take two minutes. Yeah. So easily. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we can even do that right now. 
Uh, possible. Uh, well, yeah, we'll post that along with this uh, coinciding with this. So we'll have that so you guys can have it just at, at the ready and at hand. Um, and then the last song that I wanted to mention, if you've heard the band Church, is their uh, single off their last album. Oh, yeah, I spell it C-H-R-T-H-E-Q-R-S-Q-U-X-T-S. <laughs> There's a bunch of unnecessary... It's trendy. It works. Yeah, it's actually called C. I, I think it's C H V R C H E. Yeah, there's no like for that. sure. There's no yeah. um, unnecessary. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> it's, it's the right it's very way to odd. put it. But um, their song "Miracle" is definitely worth your time. Um, those are probably the three that I've been cycling through the most on my playlist. And then two bands for you. Well, bands and then a person. Um, Lovely the band um, is a band that I really like. I think they're up and coming. Um. Their song "Broken" is a giant hit right now, and I think a lot of a lot of you have probably heard it, but they're worth checking out. Um, I think they're going to be an up and coming band for um, over the next two three years if they come out with another good album. I think they will be a very hot commodity in the alternative scene. And then um, a man by the name of Grandson has a lot a really nice kind of like EDM hip hop vibe, which is. If you're into either of those things, he's also worth checking out. He's got a song called Despicable that is worth your time. So we'll transition and we'll let you go bang, bang, bang with those songs and uh, let you guys play through those. And then we'll come back with Colin's suggestions and uh, close out the show. All right. So that was all my suggested music for the week. That leads us into Mr. Colin Kruger's suggestions. Yes, so I'll keep it kind of quick and short because most of the stuff came out midsummer. One album came out earlier, but I mean, we're sticking to tracks. But the first track I'm going to put in is Hard Piano. It is Pusha T featuring Rick Ross. This is rap, is rap, is cocaine bars. It's hard as hell. If there, if for a reason I had an album of the year list right now, this album that has this song on it would easily be my album of the year. Yeah, the Push T album. Nah, not even a question. It yep. is my favorite album. It's top to bottom great. It's one of those things we've talked about where you're not wasting your time. You're getting all great songs, no filler, no nothing. Moving forward, the second track I have is Houston Fornication by Brian's favorite artist, Travis Scott. It is kind of low-key and very mellow, but it, it picks up. and it's off the one and only Astroworld. I wouldn't put it as high in terms of album of the year. I think there's some tracks that haven't really aged out great. and But it's definitely better than his second album that came out uh, two years ago. So that's definitely another one to look forward to, to listen to. And the last one is maybe my song of the year. I don't know. It's, it's Brackets by J. Cole. And it's maybe because the... If you listen to it, I think it's either the third verse. It's after the snippet where it's him kind of doubling his voice. And it's a very real verse. It's talking about taxes and how he thinks it's bullshit that he can't decide what he wants to pay for and where his tax money goes. I don't know. It's very interesting. And also another album that I think people should listen to because that would probably be in my top five of the year. So for sure, give those a listen. And yeah, I think that's probably it that I can think of. Oh, plus... Anderson Pack album comes out Thursday night at eleven o'clock. Yeah, so, so if you guys, if you listen, heard, people, it's yeah. gonna be good. Jake Cole's on the album. Kendrick Lamar's on the album, and man, Dr. Dre's on the album. What else? What else do you need? If you like hip hop, you have every box checked. <laughs> yeah, if you guys liked Who Are You and 
the stuff that we played for you earlier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely check that out when that drops. That'd for be, sure. That'd be a highly recommended album to check out. So we'll uh, take a break. One last break. Let you guys listen to what Cullen has on, in store for you, and we will be right back. All right, guys, that is all we have for you for tonight. Um, we want to thank you all for listening again, and we hope all this music that we suggested and let you guys in on does something for you and your music catalogs and even reveal some new favorite songs and favorite artists for you going forward in the future. Um, we're really enjoying doing these music pods. Um, it's something that I feel like is making me expand my horizons for what I'm listening to. I'm going out of my way to really look into more music. And um, I don't know about you, Cullen, but I think it's giving me a new perspective on different types of music that I might not necessarily be listening to having you be here and introducing me to new music. So that's something that definitely. And I think that's always been my goal is that I kind of, I care oddly enough too much about people not trying to find new music and kind of being complacent. Cause I think at least to me, music's one of those things that really is that great where it can kind of change your mood at any time. And, Telling it anytime someone asks me what to listen to and anything like I can give you fifteen plus things you can listen to. Any anyone can ask at all there, times. And there's so much of it out there. I mean, even there's stuff that I mean every week. I we'll even come say to the table like with and won't know what it is. So if you go to that playlist and you click on the songs and say like you know it's going to show on the bottom what your the artists that are on there and this and that like if you don't even like it and you find something at the bottom where it says like other other people listen to this is even if you get to that point and then you go on your own journey finding music Mm -hmm. great that's what we want to hear absolutely that's what the goal is yeah absolutely and these playlists that we're setting up for you guys i mean even if you're only pulling one song out of the you know 12 or 13 13 that we post i mean we did our job because the odds we want we want you guys you know taking stuff away from this podcast so um, we thank you all for listening. We encourage you, like Colin said earlier, smash that subscribe button. Smash that fucking <laughs> like button. <laughs> you guys will get uh, you know updates and stuff like that for anytime alerts. We, I alerts get mine anytime we drop new new episodes. Um, anything like that um, on all different platforms: Any, Spotify, Apple Music, from. Pocket Cast, uh, Castbox. Any of the above stuff that I don't even know what exists out there. There's probably other Country stuff. Country Music Sucks know. podcast. Yeah, that's the website <laughs> I made up like just now. It's a pretty great site. You should go on to it. So, yeah. But, yeah, again, thank you guys for listening. Um, we will be back um, probably in the middle of the week with a pod to be determined. We're not really sure, I think, yet what we will be talking about. Um, more likely than not, it will be a, another sports one, and we might transition into the NBA. Uh, might even have a oh, guest. No. A special guest, potentially, on our NBA pod, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, But thanks for listening, uh, and we promise next episode will be better.